Welcome to the Queen City Preachers Podcast. I'm Pastor Andrew. And I'm Pastor Molly. And we're delighted to be with you. We are. And it's a nice day. It is. It is. It's been a funky Mm -hmm. weather day, like dark clouds. They go away. Clearing out some hot-ish weather from yesterday. Yeah, it feels nice today. Coming back into the normal. 70s. Cool summer. It's a cool, cool summer. No, that's cruel summer. Oh. Mm. Ace of vase. Okay. All right. I'm dating. I'm dating myself. Cruel, here. cruel summer. Cruel is summer. also a Taylor Swift song. Okay. Your one. Yeah. No. <laughs> I think it. <laughs> it's I think cruel. It's... Shape your body. It's cruel. All right. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> all right. So anyway. <laughs> <clears throat> so uh, <clears throat> so in scripture today we are diving right back into Joseph. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a nice day for Joseph and his brothers too. It is. It's a good day. <laughs> After a whole hot mess of we don't really know how long, mm-hmm. we're finally going to starve. They're not going to starve. Mm-hmm. Reconciliation is in the stars. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. So so just a reminder, like kind of picking up at, before we read this section today, mm-hmm. like we've missed the entire story of Joseph. We've missed the entire mm-hmm. story of Joseph. So Joseph... Remember, Joseph is like the favorite son of Jacob. Joseph has this amazing coat, long-sleeved, colorful, whatever. His brothers don't like him. He's partially snitched. He's arrogant. He seems like a quintessential, um, wonderful child. So like he's – and his brothers plot to kill him slash get rid of him. They end up getting rid of him by selling him to traders, to slave traders. Mm -hmm. They pretend he's dead with their dad. Mm -hmm. He's in Egypt. He gets into some hanky-panky trouble. Which none of it is his fault, of course. None of it is his fault. No, 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 no. Of course, no. Yeah. of course. Um, with uh, with some powerful folks, mm-hmm. um, and then in the pit of despair, in not, jail, in jail, mm-hmm. um, he starts interpreting dreams from the other prisoners, and then, then they start hearing about it. So he starts climbing the ladder and eventually interprets Pharaoh's dream. Yep, Pharaoh hears about him. Which mm-hmm. and the dream that he interprets is the dream that if you know the musical. Mm-hmm. Is the Elvis and the fat the the cows coming out of the out of the river and like all of this like um, which means fa- fa- feast and famine feast and famine and mm-hmm. so it, it allows Egypt to prepare for famine mm-hmm. um, to to set aside grain mm-hmm. and so he's elevated to this top position. Mm-hmm. We then get the brothers coming starving. and go, starving yeah. back home because of this famine because of the famine mm-hmm. coming to seek food. Mm-hmm. They don't recognize Joseph. Joseph gives them food. It's been a quite a bit of time. But Joseph right? is also a sneaky punk because Joseph then puts like mm-hmm. valuables in the Benjamin. In Benjamin, the youngest, who is now dad's favorite. Because mm-hmm. also right. a son of Rachel. Rachel. Yep, the second mm-hmm. son of Rachel. So so they go back. Um, but then like Joseph sends his guard after them being like, you stole something from me. You've got to. It's this very dramatic flair of a revealing moment. Yeah. <clears throat> and and then um, then we hear essentially family pleadings to release Benjamin, who Joseph is holding and mm-hmm. trying to return to some sense of normalcy. Yeah. He's our father's favorite brother, please. Yeah, please. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's messy. Mm-hmm. And that's where we get to today is... Um, it's messy, but it's a great story. Oh, it's fantastic. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, it's great storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like a telenovela gone crazy. <laughs> I mean, so so where we're joining today is chapter 45. Um, this is the, far, the start of it. Um, so verses 1 through 15. So I'm just going to read this. So 
So right now, they've the brothers have been pleading for Benjamin's release and his his well being, and and we hear then then Joseph could no longer control himself before all those who stood by him, and he cried out, "Send everyone away from me!" So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard it, and the household of Pharaoh heard it. And Joseph said to his brothers, I'm Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, so dismayed were they at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come closer to me. And they came closer, and he said, I am your brother, Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are five more... Five more years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, do not delay. You shall settle in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near me, you and your children and your children's children, as well as your flocks, your herds, and all that you have. I will provide for you there, since there are five more years of famine to come, so that you and your household and all that you have will not come to poverty. And now your eyes and and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see that it is my own mouth that speaks to you. You must tell my father how greatly I am honored in Egypt and all that you have seen. Hurry and bring my father down here. And then he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. And while Benjamin wept upon his neck, and he kissed all his brothers and wept upon them, and after that his brothers talked with him. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So, big drama. Big drama. Big reveal, right? It's me. It's me. Joseph. <laughs> right. And, and it's done in a way that, you know, I mean, I try to put myself in the brother's shoes in this, mm-hmm. and there's part of me that's like, you know the tension of all the years of the not of the thinking he's dead probably, mm-hmm. but also like this Joseph's still a jerk in their minds, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean I'm sure some space has offered some space, but then Joseph like is like it's me, it's okay. But then he also is still Joseph because he's like I'm gonna provide for you guys. Mm-hmm. I got this. Yeah, it's me. There is still a level of right? arrogance within it, right? There is, mm-hmm. and it's it's really interesting because it's it's an arrogance, but now it's at least directed through generosity. I guess, yeah, yeah. In some ways, you can see it like, that way. But, but but he's also brought them to this brink of despair, right? There are people yeah. who are worried about starving. They've been falsely accused of this crime. They're worried about their brother, you know, being, you know, whatever, put in jail or worse, killed. Yeah, right? he's brought them to this place of like. Um, just abyss, you know, and yeah. deep despair, and now lifted them up through his own, his own power and abilities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, <clears throat> to me, I'm kind of thinking, you know, what are the God parts of this, and what are the human parts of this? Yeah, it's not. It's a nice tension between mm-hmm. that. Um. And it's tension, too, because it's interesting because, I mean, he says that it is of God, right? Mm-hmm. And then well, he's, and then he invites his—we find out that Jacob and the family settle in Goshen. They, they all come on down. Yeah. Um, 
through Joseph, God is providing, right? Right, right. Mm -hmm. And, but we also find that when we get to chapter 50, Mm -hmm. that his brothers don't trust this generosity Uh, fully. They don't trust the forgiveness, right? Like, so Mm -hmm. verse 15 of chapter 50, realizing that their father was now dead, Joseph's brother said, what if Joseph still bears a grudge against us Mm -hmm. and pays us back in full for all the wrong that we did to him? So they approached Joseph saying, your father gave this instruction before he died. Say to Joseph, I beg you, forgive the crime of your brothers and the wrong they did in harming you. (laughs) Now, therefore, please forgive this crime of your servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. And then his brothers also wept, fell down before him and said, we are here, we are here as your slaves. But Joseph said to them, do not be afraid. Am I in a place of God? Even Mm -hmm. though you intended to do harm to me, God intended it for good in order to preserve a number of people as he is doing today. So have no fear. Um, I myself will provide for you and your little ones. And this way he reassured them kindly, speaking <clears throat> kindly to them. Like I, I yeah. kind of like this bookend because yes, it's kind of like, absolutely. it's like this, what is of God and what is mm-hmm. like, how do we understand how God is at play in the messiness of the humanity of this? Mm-hmm. Right. Like yeah. it's similar to other stories we've wrestled with too, but and it's, it's pretty- different. It's it's kind of interesting to place that, you know, the metaphorical idea of God and God and Father, right, in this text, right? Yeah, what definitely. Really, what really moves us towards forgiveness and doing um, what God commands us to do, right? The, yeah. The generosity aspect of this. Right. Um, and it's they appeal to the Father, you know, like the love that he had for all of us, like, will you continue to... Right. To live into that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so in many ways, I mean, this, you know, you talked, you talked about this a few weeks ago, like mm-hmm. it's how do we understand this story? Yeah. And in some ways is this allegorical of, of God, right? Yeah. Which God. in lots of ways you could, you could see it that way, right? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There's this like, especially with the beautiful for forgiveness aspect of it, right? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, you could beg the question like, do they deserve to be forgiven? Like the answer is no, and none of us do, right? right. Or you it's know, the beauty of grace. does Joseph have the right to forgive them? All these kinds of things, right? But the fact is that it happens, right? And they both receive good in the midst of the forgiveness. They do, and what's really so this is really interesting is um, is the brothers are still sneaky, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's like yeah, Joseph- the dad didn't really say that, right? Yeah, and so mm-hmm. this is really interesting. Like the tension in the Joseph story is trusting in God's promise, mm-hmm. right? And here the brothers aren't trusting in the forgiveness of mm-hmm. Joseph or God's promise, mm-hmm. and Joseph has to remind them of that. And they try to sneak their way into it. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, Joseph says, "This is not." They're like, "We'll be your slaves," and Joseph's like, "You don't have to do that." It's not duty or obligation it's that God, holds them together. God is it's already the love. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and that the the work of God is already in that place with those people. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's it's powerful because like this story, as you were saying, like so much of it is the tension of where is God moving and what are people trying to do mm-hmm. or failing to do? And how or are they working against how are they, God? <laughs> yeah, or or. Not not necessarily actively working against, but how are they getting in their own way? Yeah, yeah. Right? right. Like, because, mm-hmm. man, they get in their own way. They get in their own way a lot, which is very um, relatable, <laughs> you know? 
right? Uh-huh. As you human wouldn't want to read a story of perfect people who always do the right thing. You know, you want to find the people in the Bible who look like you. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And this is a story of people who look like us, right? It's hard to yeah. believe people when they want to forgive us. It's hard to believe people's generosity. It's hard to believe there are no strings attached, right? Because it's hard to believe that God is like that. And so it's even harder to believe that other people could possibly enact that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really is. And thinking about that from a slightly different angle is also, it's hard because we will, we will rationalize to try to explain things, right? Mm -hmm. We want things to make sense. Right. We think that justice means um, like fairness, right? When justice to God is mercy. Yeah. And so like, I think about this, like Joseph, I mean, this is a, we could dive down a deep, dark rabbit hole with this, but like, there's a really interesting question of like, so why does Joseph need to excuse slavery? Hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. That, oh, God worked for good in the midst of this. Right. And, and, and and it's not, eh. I'm not saying that like, let's skip that side of the rabbit hole, the dark side, but like skip this, skip to the side of it is saying, saying, um, how do we understand God working in the things that are miserable for us or God's presence? And what do we need to hear? Yeah. And how do we hear that? Mm-hmm. And in some ways, this is a reminder that God is still working even in the midst of that, right? That like, it's, it's not, not over. It's not over. And that it's mm-hmm. not that God sent Joseph into slavery, mm-hmm. right? But that the God, brothers did. The brothers did. But God is present with Joseph in the midst of all that. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned last week, like Joseph's dreams change. Yeah. Right. Like he he's he pivots. He leaves mm-hmm. adolescence, thanks be to God, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But the dreams aren't necessarily good, you know? No, no. Right? Like because the one poor what is it? The is it the baker or the 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 baker, right? Yeah. Bites the dust because of his dream. Remember, and the the cupbearer is the one who lives? I think so. Okay. Yeah, well, we didn't read that part of the story, so we'll I know. never know. I know, right? And so here's a bigger question, too, right? Um, one that my Bible study was asking this morning um, as we were getting in this conversation of obedience to God and trusting God. Mm-hmm. Um, the bigger question of how active do we think God is, is in, in our lives, Ooh. right? Because, yeah. you know, there's mm-hmm. two sides, and it's a spectrum, right? But there's two sides, the idea of, oh, God made the earth and then, like, put his hands back and was like, all right, have at it. Mm-hmm. Or the idea mm-hmm. that everything is, you know, everything has a purpose and a meaning, and God is kind of behind every little thing in our lives. Oh, God right? is puppet master. Yeah, puppet master yeah. God. So, yeah. you know, but it is a spectrum, right? Because, like, neither one of those ideas to me is very, like... um, actually my lived experience of God's activity. Right. And both of those offer comfort and are incredibly anxiety producing. Yeah. Right. 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 That God's not there at all. Or God's like way too much there. Yes. You know, causing your illness and your joy. Exactly. Yeah. Which is disconcerting. Many biblical passages say God does not cause your grief. Right. I think I just read one from like lamentations at a funeral. So yeah. No, but God is present in the midst of that. And, and, Speaking and of that's, my Bible, it's falling yeah. apart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, but, it, yeah, like, so I guess it's that question of, 
this story offers a very interesting perspective of God, right? That God yeah. is not this puppet master, you know, hiding Joseph from all these bad things in life, but that in the midst of those bad things, right? Like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, I think God is still there, right? In yeah. the jail, in the, in the pit, right? In this moment of anxiety between his brothers, right? God is there and God is, yeah. And God is also in the space of damaged relationship, Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like to me, that's the the next piece is is saying that that it's not just absent God, director God. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's I don't know, like I, I guess the art artist in me is like it's God of the positive and negative space. It's that God is in is in the what is physical, but also is what is missing. Yeah. Is in both spaces. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that that in some ways that is this story is is reminding us um of what that looks like mm-hmm. right it's, to me it's chaplain god like that's yeah. the best example because like when i think about a chaplain it's not somebody who goes in and fixes things right yeah it's they're... somebody who shows up and is present in the midst of many life things yeah and occasionally has a word of wisdom you know, sometimes you get those moments, those Holy Spirit moments, right? Where yeah. the right person comes into your path or you feel inspired by the right idea or all these things, right? So to me, it's kind of that chaplain God, which is, you know, similar, right? And I, I see that as the God that is present in this story, right? God's not like, you know, it would be fun, Joseph, if you tricked your brothers. That would be great. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. Or not like, hey, wouldn't it be great if you threw your brother into a pit and sold him off into slavery? That would be fun. That would really progress my story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Manipulative God. <laughs> uh-huh. That would be hilarious. Yeah. That's not really how I hear God in my mind either. I just like to Okay, that's that. good. I'm glad. That's um, the evil God. <laughs> yeah, Joker God. Um, yeah, I, I, I hear that, and I, I. One of the things that I. It's interesting because, like, I, I think about. Like the chaplain God, the presence of God in this powerful way, in the, in this, and in the grief, in the frailty, in the brokenness, right? Mm-hmm. And we need that God. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need to know that God in the presence of our lives so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's really interesting to me is that, that that presence of God is also there um, in many ways so that we can, dang this word, pivot, mm-hmm. right? Back to the original promise. Yeah, a right? little nudge. Right. That Just like nudge. that God is kind of like, I'm going to I'm going to remind you of the love and the space and the grace and the forgiveness mm-hmm. in part because you've got to be able to remember what I've already promised you. Mm-hmm. Right. That it's that there is kind of that directedness, pie in the sky direction, mm-hmm. dream God woven underneath mm-hmm. this story of saying that in order to claim that you have to remember and maybe this is this is part of like i'm i'm processing this out loud but like maybe some of this is like thinking about um just this is humanity is that we have to process our own stuff mm-hmm. before you're a we're, part of the before, story before too. we are able to move forward yes. right you're a part of god's story as well right we are yeah i think of it less as a plan and more of a story 
right? Yeah. Where the story yeah. is always what you're saying right here, God's promises, God's love, right? Yeah. God's intentions for the world, right? That's the story. Yeah. And you have to remember that you're a part of it too, as Joseph is, right? So while, you know, Joseph was in the right places at the right time to be a part of this story, he still had to um, listen to the dreams, communicate the dreams, right? He did. Set and he, aside his own stuff and right. move into that, right? And his brothers do too in a different mm-hmm. way, right? And so it's... They got to put behind their ego and come and ask for food, right? Like that's a man, huge it's thing. It's a huge thing. It is one of the... I mean, maybe some of you listening have experienced this in your lives, but it is one of the hardest things to ever do mm-hmm. is to is to admit the vulnerability of of need of basic human need. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That is, you know, we think... You know why can't why can't folks be grateful? Well, they are, but they're also that's there's such a level of mm-hmm. of that it's Humility. deeply deeply humbling, um, which taps into guilt and shame in ways that most of us struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so in some ways, like this is this story is a really powerful reminder that that those emotions live on both sides of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. That they, they live with the Josephs and they live with the mm-hmm. brothers, right? Like that it's both, that yeah. we have that tension of, of brokenness. And we talked a lot about like the messiness of families and yeah. taking away from these stories, like the difficulties and the humanness of them all. Yeah. And I think here a positive example for us is to remember that our ancestors, those 12 brothers, well, 11 brothers and the yeah, Joseph. Joseph's kids yeah. eventually too. It's different anyway. Yeah, Twelve don't tribes go, of Israel. Don't go down that rabbit hole today. But yeah. um, that they were people who had to humble themselves to a point of asking for food, mm-hmm. right? Like those mm-hmm. are the patriarchs in this case, yeah. whom we trace our ancestry back to. Yeah, right. And the power behind that. So I just think you know when you go. If you experience going to somebody to need something or somebody comes to you to need something, remember who else has been in that place, right? And Jesus too, right? Yeah. That's Jesus' whole ministry is just wandering around asking for food. It is. You know? And, and you know, and, uh, you know, I mean, and to, to draw some of that parallel um, is to don't, don't hesitate to be surprised by where grace shows up mm-hmm. um, and in who. Because um, if you think about it, Joseph is a kicked out of his family unit. He's an ex-con mm-hmm. who is a foreigner living in a foreign land mm-hmm. who manages to get promoted to the second most powerful position, mm-hmm. who then is able to help people, help his own family, but help many, many people. Yeah. And like, and so can we set aside our assumptions and our judgments Mm -hmm. to make space to say redemption Mm -hmm. is possible in different ways, even in the messiness of, Uh of that too, that it's, that the brothers have, we have the, the both and right. Mm -hmm. The brothers humbling themselves Mm -hmm. and that we are the, the proverbial children of those, those tribes. Yes. But we are also the children of someone who has been redeemed in a powerful way. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the both clearly and. Jesus, right. The but like, and. but also the Joseph pieces here. Yeah. yeah. It's, so. it's the both and story of it. Yeah. All, right. And, yeah, and that, I, that's really 
beautiful to me. When Joseph had that position of his of power, he didn't always use it right, right? He does it oh, to trick no, his brothers, no, but he also used it to like um feed many, many people in the land, right? Yeah. You know? A lot of times this story just gets kind of um talked about as it's a forgiveness story. Well, it, it, is, it, it is. It is in many it ways, is. but it's also deeper than that. Yeah, but it's a story of like, how do you use power? You know, you know, we love, often love, we're like, oh man, I can't do anything. I don't, you know, I don't have it, you know, but it's not true often though, you know? Yeah. What does, yeah, that's an, I mean, that's thinking through narrative and story and how we wrestle with this. It, it would be very interesting as an exercise at some point to think about, but like is, is how do you map what the different, what different structures of power look like in this story? Mm-hmm. Because there are very, there are so many different pieces mm-hmm. and there are so many assumptions being made about what power looks like Yeah. too. Um, and there's so much space woven into the story for shifting mm-hmm. too, um, which is really interesting. Like um, I think about this too, like, and and maybe this is kind of a, an interesting final thought um is is do we leave space for an unexpected interpretation of a dream to be how god speaks to us oh hmm. like that this is not just about joseph joseph's story mm-hmm. brother's story this is also about that pharaoh listened mm-hmm. to what joseph had to say mm-hmm. the Others listened to what Joseph had to say. Mm-hmm. Um, the brothers ultimately hear a promise eventually, and they can they trust it. But like, do we leave space for? I mean, in our in our modern era of how we we need evidence, we need this, we need that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I think like could I could I possibly if you know I had a dream and somebody said you know that means you should hire so and so for this job. Mm-hmm. Would I be like, uh, yeah, <laughs> okay, sure, sure, yeah, or would I be like, yeah, and that's a dream, maybe like, for us, not even just a dream, just like things that happen, you know? Yeah. Do I make space for God to work in the un- yeah. unexpected? Because we we're also talking about this in Bible study, and we would call it like Holy Spirit moments. Yeah, right, absolutely. Like, are we paying attention to mm-hmm. those things? Mm-hmm. I think that's the most important part, right? Yeah. Are we paying attention? Are we listening? Are we saying, hmm, I wonder how that will go? Like, I was visiting family the other weekend, and um, my my aunt, um, she grew up with her, her aunt and uncle because her parents died in a, an accident okay. when she was young. And she was born in, in Philadelphia and then had moved to uh, Michigan. But now my cousin, um, out of kind of no real decision of his own, is moving to Philadelphia. Interesting. And so it's this weird full circle thing. And she's, I wouldn't even have thought of it, but she said to me, she was like, I feel like it, you know, it has some meaning behind it, but I don't know what that is yet. Mm. So it's just like, and it's, it's so, it's lovely to see that in other people to be like, I feel like this might be a Holy Spirit moment or like, I feel like I'm on the verge of it or I feel like that could have been it or just all these things and just being open to it. All right. I met with a pastor friend and one of yeah. the, who was in the hospital and one of the people was like, my name's such and such, but I always go by angel, mm. you know, and just like, mm-hmm. you know, and it doesn't need to be schmaltzy, but it maybe just like being more 
opening our hearts more to those moments, right? We get so focused on the thinking and the logic and the facts that sometimes we close ourselves off from the openness to the dreams or the Holy Spirit moment or the hearing God through other people. And and in that leaving space for the ambiguity and not quick answers. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I like what your aunt said, but I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, mm-hmm. like, do we... I mean, in some ways, we all try to grasp at different things and to try... I mean, like, you think about, like, Joseph, like, almost seeking revenge by throwing things into Benjamin's bag, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, what's going on under the surface that he's wrestling with as he's trying to make space for being a brother again? Yeah. Um, how much of, of that is also a, just a yearning to see and to connect yeah. and to be, like... This it's desire just so for, interesting. Yeah. This desire wow. for meaning-making. Oh, yeah. And a lot mm-hmm. of times we get kind of down on that, right? You know, and we see it as trivial or like, uh, you know, I don't know. I think there is this kind of in this intellectual space looking down upon that. I think um, there there can be. I think mm-hmm. part of it is is I think that meaning making has multiple layers, right? It has mm-hmm. a it has a very deep philosophical engagement which is powerful and I would say a luxury of those that have means and don't have to struggle mm-hmm. or that there are have the time and energy they have the time and the energy those, to think yeah. of those things and to wrestle with those things yeah and then there's the meaning making that is the ongoing that all of us do mm-hmm. in every moment of every life mm-hmm. um, and sometimes it's very easy and sometimes it's painful and very very hard mm-hmm. um, and I think that I think you're right sometimes that gets looked down upon mm-hmm. because um I think, I, I don't know, I think in some ways it's it's our aversion to conflict. It's our aversion to, like, we don't want to deal with the mess, so we'll just shove it under the carpet, mm-hmm. right? Like, in some ways it's an avoidance. I think a lot too, of it is us also, wanting to be in control. Yeah. As opposed to letting those moments come and letting God. Yeah, if we're in control, then we don't have to deal with the ambiguity and the, mm-hmm. the yeah. stress of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. anxiety yeah and there's a yeah. certain righteousness about being able to say i'm the one in control you know absolutely mm-hmm. and it's not that we want a full circle flip to say it's all god mm-hmm. but it's allowing ourselves to say where are we in this and where's god in this just being open yeah having an open heart to it yeah mm-hmm. i think that's something that i mean we've talked a little bit about this before and and i think in, in wrapping up like that's something that I think is something that our society yearns for mm-hmm. and that is that is but is also a difficult path to navigate and and there have been so many different pieces attempted um over the years and I think we still try with various self-help movements and other things too is is we're trying to make meaning of things and that we so often miss to make space for the spirituality especially those of us that lean towards the intellectual side mm-hmm um, You're calling yourself out as a five. I'm calling myself out as a five <laughs> on the Enneagram. I am. And and that that I retreat into that rather than leaving the space for it to be something that I experience physically mm-hmm. or that I experience it in a very different way. Mm-hmm. Um, yet I think there's a hunger for that. And I yeah. kind of wonder, you know, I mean, coming back to Joseph, right? Mm-hmm. Is that is that part of this story? Joseph's spirituality. Wouldn't that be interesting oh, to man, do a little right? thing on? Yeah. Like, what's yeah. Joseph, what does Joseph believe? Ooh. You know? How does Joseph, who is God to Joseph? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and what does God look like? Mm-hmm. Um, and how does Joseph share that vision of God? Mm-hmm. Um, that, yeah, that'd be a powerful exercise. Um, but on that note, I think we, we should wrap up. But like, I, <laughs> we could still keep, we talking, could keep talking about, about Joseph, this. But we I talk think about we've it forever, left you with like, enough. Things. There's a lot of food for thought here, and this is um, kind of like we've talked about before. There's so much in these stories, mm-hmm. um, and it is so powerful to think about. Um, you know, last time, last Sunday when I I preached, I essentially did a you know for those of you who um, maybe know a little bit about therapeutic world, like it's almost some internal family systems theory type of messing around with like how do we how do the brothers and Joseph fit into who we are and our identity and how we mm-hmm. function. Um, which is really kind of funky, but it's really interesting to then flip this and to continue in the messiness of the story and say, say how how did all these stories inform our understandings of ourselves, mm-hmm. but also relationships, and then uh, even the this the red thread through it all is how does it connect to our relationship with God, yeah, our spirituality, our spirituality, and I love that because it's kind of like, can we accept? the brokenness, messiness of our own spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that often we want that to be as perfect and as um, elegant as Joseph's coat rather than as messy as the life. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so we'll see where I, we'll see where yeah, I go. I'll be Sunday. interested. Yeah. But, um, but thanks for, thanks for hanging with us through this. We'll be, we'll be in Exodus next time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, next week. So we're in the book, in we, the book. We won't be in Exodus. No, <laughs> no, we'll be here. Um, to <laughs> the best of our knowledge. Yeah. Um, God willing. Who God willing. Say? The creek don't rise. Um, so, but thanks for, thanks for being with us as we've journeyed through Joseph here. So, um, once again, you've been listening to the Queen City Preachers podcast. I'm Pastor Andrew. And I'm Pastor Molly. Be well, friends. <laughs>